This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to episode 7 of what promises to be a rather litigious episode of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Like a gentle wave, Crystal Palace hit the banks of the River Cone, retreated with three points and left a trail of salt in their wake. But as a German proverb says, trust no one till you've eaten a bushel of salt with him. Diving in today to watch me, Matt, do just that. And Neil, Danny, and Cozy. Good evening. Evening. I'm Matthew. So, guys, we're recording this on a Tuesday. The game was on Saturday. I'm still flat, dejected, disappointed with the result from Saturday. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sulking. I'm salty. What about you guys? Good performance. Should have been three points. Um. Yeah, it's all, all just um. Sticks in the throat a bit. All the uh, um, Wilfred weapons are hard stuff. Wilf the Whopper. Just a cheat. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Cheat might sound strong. There's no denying that Zaha is a quality footballer, but he's not one that I can admire in the same way that you admire other top players because it's all the theatrics that goes with it and all the crying. The interview on the BBC afterwards was a disgrace and the fact that they pushed it as an agenda and sort of backed him up made it even worse. He's going to get tackled. He's quicker than probably 95% of the division defenders. He's going to get tackled. There's going to be missed time tackles. They're not all foul. They're not all malicious. They're not all out to hurt him. Rotational fouls, apparently, Neil. That's the new yeah, buzzword. Yeah, what, what, what an absolute load of... It's just, I agree. It, it's guff. I don't believe, I don't agree with any of it. The lad has scored a brilliant goal. That's what we should be talking about, even in defeat. If you've lost 1 0 to a great goal, I'd talk about that happily. But because it's from him and there's all the drama around him, I, I can't give him any credit whatsoever. It's, it's the self righteous attitude that he portrays as well after. It's, do you know the foul on Hadaj and I? I'm 
we all frothed a little bit when it happened, didn't we? Because it was him. Looking back, it wasn't that bad. It was worth the yellow card. It was studs high. Apparently, one Crystal, well, one Crystal Palace fan did say that Hadis and I followed through on Wilfred Zaha and milked it, so oh, should yeah, have been that, sent that off as well. Which was, the way. Just, which is just, just ridiculous. And the, the whole thing, the fact that we're still seething about it two, three days later, just about sums it up. We should be talking about the great goal and a good town performance, to be honest. Exactly. Just. It's just one Pied Piper and a merry band of idiotic zealots following him. And, and that's, that's the bit which is the circus behind it, which is incredibly annoying. Yeah, I was going to say, from my point of view, you, you just, the player like that is going to get tackled and he's going to get late tackles. You look at Van La Parra for us and it winds me up somewhat rotten when he does the same on a, on a lesser extent because he, don't, he doesn't beat as many men. But he, he's that sort of winger who will take players on. He is fast and he gets clipped, and, but he rolls around as well and... I'm one at first to say, just get up and get on with it because he does milk it. I think that's the thing, Danny. When, when Van La Parra is as bad as Zaha for milking things and rolling around, but when he does it, we roll our eyes and just kind of just say, get up, Raj, just get on with it. But it's it's the circus which follows. Van, Van La Parra don't get interviewed by BBC after the game with a big piece put on Twitter, a big piece put out in social media about the sort of injustice against him. That doesn't happen. If he was as good as Zaha and he was the guy that was going to keep us up this season or keep us in midfield, would we be the same? Yeah, absolutely. So, whereas I've slated them, we'd probably be just as bad and we'd be sat here going, do you know what the foul's on Van La Parra? Ridiculous. No, no I, I meant the other way, to be honest, because it still wind me up. Whether If we were top at league and he was still doing that, it'd still wind me up because I, I don't think there's a place for it in football. I think we got it a bit from Gary Roberts, who was that sort of quality in, in League One. And he'd, he'd take a dive. And he'd, he'd know he were taking a dive. I don't think he'd roll around so much, but he would throw himself over. Same as Alan Lee. He used to throw wasn't himself as convincing over. as Alan Lee, was no, it? No, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's always annoyed me, that sort of thing anyway. So I don't think it's hypocritical to have a go at Zaha there when we're having a go at our own players for doing it. it it's more the media storm around it, sort of justifying what he's saying and his, the, the story that he's coming out with, it is victimising and other... The fact that so much, so many media outlets come out in support of him. It's yeah. football. What are we just taking tackling out of the game altogether? It's it's an absolute joke. If you if you go around every club in Premier League, all the heroes will be your likes of Roy King, Gerard, all the players who love to get stuck in and put a tackle in. But people are now saying that those players there's no place for them anymore. We saw similar tackles by Cute and uh, MacArthur on town players, and same, they were just bookings, although Kiate didn't get booked get to get played it. on, and it, it seemed to go on that long that he just seemed to think I won't bother. But again, billing the week before at Everton got a similar one from Tom Davis. He got clipped late on, but yeah, you don't stand around and feel sorry for yourself for it. So we'll, we'll leave Zaha there for now. Yeah, um, we'll best do. So town themselves lined up in, in the new 3 4 3 system, kept pretty much the same tact as Everton. Uh, we tried to attack, we've tried to create openings, but for me, it, it was just bad luck. You know, there's a lot of people complaining about chances created, and I'll, I'll pull out some more statistics on that later on, but we've had 15 shots. We've had majority possession, 56 7%, I think it was. Two shots on target against poor, but that doesn't include the shot against the post because that gets counted as, as a uh, an off-target shot. We've had six shots from outside the box. We have four shots blocked. It's, do you know, the performance is disappointing. The reason why it's disappointing to lose is because, Cosy, it's an improved performance. I was delighted with Saturday, obviously. Not delighted with loss, but we're looking to build on Everton. I did wonder if the week away would, you know, hinder us, but not at all. I thought we were great. 
did everything but score. Yeah, we'd like to see some more chances created and obviously definitely be more efficient in front of goal, but we did everything we could have asked and you know, I obviously can never prove it and who knows, we might have retreated into our shells if we'd have got, if Moyes, you know, go shots or he'd have gone in, but I'm convinced we'd have gone on and won that. I think the crowd was so irritated with Zahar. I think the town fans, to me, always like it when there's a, a referee that's not doing whatever or, or there's a player that they like to get at. They, we seem to be a bit more at them, you know, from the sidelines. I think we'd have gone on and, and won the game, Matthew, but obviously we don't, we don't know that for sure and... Yeah, we walked out of there disappointed, but I, I couldn't get mad with anything. I, I, I tried to, I rung radio leads after, had a bit of a spat with Matt Glennon, to be honest with you, but about certain things, but I would just, yeah, we lost, but it was great. The performance were better, we're improving as a team, but uh, yeah, we haven't won, but you know, that's all you can ask. We were sat here about three weeks ago, morning how boring it is, we're not creating anything, we came in after Stoke, and you know, we, we're seeing what we want to see now, but obviously, we want to see a win. So two people in that team. I'm I'm with you. I thought the performance was good. I was I was happy with how we played. I was just really disappointed that we didn't get what I thought we deserved, which was a comfortable home win. Two players who are really standing out at the minute. Philip Billing, excellent again. Yeah, he was superb. He just carried on from where he, what he'd done at uh, at Everton, and I'm, I'm guessing the next person that you're going to mention is Chris Lover. Chris Lover, that's the one. Yeah, he, he was superb again on that left, and he he was. Some of his crossing, again, was uh, much better than it had been previously, given that he only had Mounier to pick out. But he picked out Mounier in that first half when uh, Hennessy was in no man's land. And if it had been on target, it would have been in the back of the net. But Mounier put it over. I was just thinking back, actually, you mentioned the shot stats and what won't be included there. The three chances we had where they were flagged offside just before the shot came in. But there were three chances that we should have put in the back of the net regardless of the flag. And that, that's what worries me. We had three sitters that wouldn't have counted, but the players taking the chances didn't know that and we missed either missed the target or they were saved and that that's a worry for me I watched the Zanka interview as well post-match and there was a chance which floated across and Zanka couldn't quite get his head on and again that doesn't count as a shot or or a chance and he, he looked pretty crestfallen in in the interview after the game it was probably wasn't the easiest of watches really and I imagine that a lot of the players after Everton and and yesterday thinking what what do we have to do and it's getting tough but Chris Lerver Neil's a, a really important part of the side over the last couple of weeks and he's, he's stepping up just when you need people to put their head above the parapet the, the last two games particularly he has been every inch the Premier League fullback for me albeit playing a lot further forward um, he's, he's, he's the one fullback that you can rely on to put a good cross in and he's, he's done that consistently well for the last two games it's well worth his place for me what, what I really like about Lur is his, it's his intelligence he knows where to be there's You've got one guy on the other flank, Hadijanai, who, for me, just I, 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 you know my feelings on Hadijanai. I don't see him as a natural defender. And there's two. I know it's against Wilfred Zaha, who, who Neil, I believe you were told was as good as Messi, and true story. And as a fullback, you don't show a right footed left winger inside, and he's done it twice during the game. And the first time we've he scored the goal. He's, he's easily skipped inside and scored. And the second time, he's he's put the ball wide. And and for me, Lerva doesn't doesn't do that. And Lerva, it's the, it's the intelligence Lerva brings to the team. And I, I, you watch Hadijanai on one side, or any fullback that we've had. To be honest, you know, I'm not I'm not going to single him out. But any right back that we've had for the last 25 years or so tends to just go bomb down the outside and just without looking, just pop across into the box. Whereas Lerva, what what I really liked is that he moves almost. 
almost like Guardiola does with Man City, moves into the center of the pack. When when Van La Parra goes oh, wide, he underlaps space, yeah. and, he, and he goes into intelligent spaces and he knows he doesn't have the pace to maybe get on and, and bomb past people, but it's how he, it's where and how he gets into positions, which I really, really like. And he, he reminded me, I know this is a bit of an extreme example, but he reminded me a little bit of when Philip Lahm was at the end of his career and he moved into a defensive midfield position. It was a small fullback who moved into a defensive midfield position. And I see him popping up in these areas and I'm really happy with what He's clever I'm enough seeing. to do it. He's, he's a proper footballer, as I like to call him. Um, I think the one major disappointment for me from Saturday, apart from the game as a whole, obviously the outcome and the Ferrari surrounding you know who, um, it was that there was no derm. was really disappointed that he was unfit. So I think we'd all sort of built it up that we wanted him back, wanted him the team. He had a good sort of good couple of sub appearances, done well in a, a behind closed doors game. So that was a that was a major disappointment for me not having him in there on Saturday. The biggest disappointment for me was Saturday last week. You said, Matt, let's make your head get bigger here. Zaha plays Palace win. Paul Merson, we were mocking his uh, punditry. He said, "If Palace, you're not comparing me to Paul Merson, are you, please? I've, no, I've been no, sober for years, far mate. Better, far better looking, mate. But Merson's <laughs> analysis, which sure I mocked that. on that show that you put me on with that love radio show on Friday, I mocked. You know, he said Zaha plays. You know, Palace win. We knew what he were capable of doing. I've got to say, I mean, obviously you anal- analyze it better than me. David Wagner will do in the coaching staff, but." He had absolutely no right to score from where he was. It was an incredible goal. I just went, wow, forget about everything else and that as well. We knew in the, what makes me go in, we know in the Premier League that there's going to be class that's going to, you know, win the day. We see, we saw it with Tottenham and all the other big teams kind of last season. What good me was, I didn't think they were much good, but we knew they had a gun player. You knew he could destroy us, kill us with one bullet, and he did, and that hurts to me because I thought they were pretty riffraff. Apart from him. Yeah, do you know, I've said that the fullback could have done better, but once he gets that shot off, the shot, shot itself is top class, isn't it? And, and You knew it was in. I mean, we're out in the south stand, and as soon as it left his boot, I just knew it. I sat down, I just thought, he's in, and it was. And yeah, it hurt. And again, because you're thinking, we'll go behind, and we're, there's history of coming back. It's pretty miserable since we've been promoted. And yeah, you couldn't fault what we did, but it, it was a real dagger. A real dagger through his hearts, that. You know, we've, we've drifted back onto Zaha, and it... it probably ties in with another feature, a new feature that we're going to bring in shortly, Neil, as well. But I think what the only thing that, dis- well, one thing that disappoints me with, with Zaha as well is is that he uh, played a couple of times for England in friendlies and then lost his place and lost lost all, all form, really, and decided and elected to play for the Ivory Coast. And, and to be honest, when you look at that England Good. team now, you could probably do with him, Cosy. Who's our Sahar, though? Who is our Zaha? It's I'm, not, to be I'm Sterling, not saying Dan Napada, but no, oh, I'm talking about Huddersfield. Who, who's our guy that can do that? Or is there no one in our team? I, 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 I don't think, I don't think, the we've, got, I don't think we've got to that level yet. And I think it is. No. Who's our gun player? If, if, though, you, if no. you look through the league as a whole, there's very few. He'd probably get in two or three of the top six. He won't get in them all, mm. but he'd probably get in two or three sides of the top six. rotate with most as well. Yeah, absolutely. But. Just the absolute standout for them in what was, a, for me, a, a generally poor Palace team. He is, he is top class. Yeah. And to go to a gun players, Cossie, I, I think you're probably looking at Aaron Moy for us. And, but is he far enough forward to be a gun player? No, I mean, we're probably coming on to Alex Pritchard. I think we've all got different views on, on him. I, I think he's our gun player, a man who can change a game with a bit of magic. We've probably not seen it enough since his time in, in HD1, but I just... 
yeah, it, I'm looking around thinking who's going to, you know, be our, I mean, you commented earlier on, I think Billing, you know, got in a cut through. You want to take it on nearly oh, cut I would, through? I, would, I would just waiting for him. It, it, it did it two or three times at Everton where he just sort of coasted through the middle of the pitch and uh, looked every inch of Prem playing. He did it again on Saturday and it opened up and you're just thinking, just put your foot through the back of this. Because we've all seen it, with, you know, he's got he's got history of scoring absolute screamers. You know, when he hits it, it stays it. And if he had done that on Saturday, I'd, I'd have fancied him from, what would it, just 20, 22 yards, something like that. But he chose to pass. And that would, it was just one of those oh, I think moments. it'll come. I think it'll come. I, I think, think it will come. And I think it will be that of confidence. But with stuff like that, I, I just wish he'd back himself. Because when you're talking about a player who can be special for you, and I know people listen to this, and I know Billing gets a lot of stick on social media, but for me, he has got everything in his locker to be a top, top player. And it's no coincidence that in the top 50 players so far this season in the Prem, that he's our only entrant. I think it's an interesting balance, though. They, and I don't think it's been potted out much. They had a right chance second half on the break. How he didn't get on the end of that. that and we were finished then after that. So, yeah, well, yeah, we played better. And we did have a majority play, and I thought we deserved something. They had a couple of chances we could have been killed off. So I think just got to bear that in mind. But I suppose I'd rather have the, that, Neil, than us having a go. The, the, the only balance for me of that yeah. is that Town were having a go. Yeah. And if you're going to leave yourself open having a go getting back, I'll yeah. accept that every day, wait me. I'll pick those up, Cosy, because I know which chances you're on about. And I think both of them came from mishits and shanks. And it just felt on Saturday that every time we mishit or misplaced something, the ball just didn't fall for us and everything just seemed to fall nicely for Crystal Palace. And I think it's just you've got to draw a line in it, haven't you? And say, you know, because David Wagner's really good at this, drawing a line in it and moving on. And we're probably going to have to do the same. And I, I am anyway. I've got to stop being such a, a salty one about this one because... We've played well. We've got to take that to next week and hopefully we'll start getting what we deserve. One thing that annoys me though, Matt, and again, I sort of put it in the paper, but at this stage last year, Huddersfield had X amount of points at this. Yeah, we had a different set of fixtures. It was a different... I, I'm sick of hearing that and I think that a lot of our fans are, are buying into that now and it's kind of, well, you know, we should have... We had this amount of points last year and look at what we've got now. Forget that. That season's gone. We've just got to look at it and go forward. Yeah, we thought Cardiff. Yeah, we thought Saturday, we'd, you know, we'd get more than what we did, but... Forget about last year. We're not bothered about that. You know, we know what we need to do. We know what we need to get, and we just got to crack on. I I agree with you. I agree with you on that one. Um, so what we'll do is we'll bring in our new feature, Neil, which is all about you, buddy. Episode seven, as seen as drift into uh, drift away from the niceness approach before, and we have a new uh, a new feature, whopper of the week. Yeah, whopper of the week. So I think it's uh, been a long time coming. So you've been on Whopper Watch this last week. I have indeed. Are you going to uh, fill us in with uh, what's the what criteria delights? for this? Is this just an individual, or what, what, it, what's your thoughts? It, it could well just it's something that stands out to you, something that just stands out as being complete whopperage, to be honest. And I think we've, we've we've all have witnessed plenty of that over the last few days. Unfortunately, all a lot of it arcs back to the man that seems to be dominating this show, like he dominated the weekend. Um, Zaha, and he is the first whopper of the week. I think his match of the day BBC interview crying over his treatment and saying that people want to break his legs and he's only going to get a, he's only get red cards if they break his legs and whatever else. He was fouled once. In the yeah, he was fouled once in the game and it was just because he was too quick for Zanka. Um, Honourable mentions, I had one Palace fan telling me that he was as good as Messi. 
So I've quoted a few stats of Messi and what he's won and what he's achieved in the game. Ballon d'Ors, Champions Leagues, but this lad won't have it. Won't have it at all. So, yeah, the whopper of the week, the first one is Mr. Wilfred Soft Zaha. So, congratulations to Joe Wilfred the Whopper Zaha. Some, I'd, I'd give some honourable mentions as well to Keith Hackett. Uh, the apparent brutality that Zaha suffered. Jamie Redknapp. Robbie Savage, and also my favourite, Danny Murphy. They, they all just sort of fall on the jump on the bandwagon and they all go a bit soft. The, the best one I heard, to be fair, is the one that would probably, generally speaking, not agree with, was uh, the ginger chap from Talk Sport, the Peterborough massive, Mr. Adrian Durham. And he gave Zaha a bit of a a bit of a slating, to be fair. Every now and then a squirrel finds a nut, doesn't it? It does, and he, and he got a big nut, to be fair, and he had a good old chomp. So, but it, we do it for reaction, done, though, mate, and as we all that, That's that, right. He probably don't it, believe but, that, but, mate. But yeah, you know. if he does already done, yeah. the fact that he said it, it was just nice yeah. to hear somebody mm. not falling over Zaha. I must admit, I don't know. I, referee, it does me head in in rugby league, but it's even in football. I, I like to... I know it's not easy sometimes, but... I like to try and separate that when people think people have cheated out, whatever, whatever happened, but we lost and he's got a winning goal. We that, did. That's we did. what it was. So I, to I me, think all, all we asked for though is consistency yeah. and that's what they don't give us. I mean, the, the foul on billing from Keate, it, it's a yellow card all day long and the fact that there was a bit of a passage of play in between the foul being committed and the ball going out, Maybe by the time it's got to it, refs thought, I will leave that now. But ultimately, but it's a yellow. it didn't cost us the match. No, do you know you what? Know, I thought, Zaha's apart goal. from that, I thought, I've never liked, it was Lee Mason, wasn't yeah. it? I've never liked Lee Mason. But apart from that, I thought he actually refereed it pretty well. I'll be honest, I don't fair. like any of them. <laughs> there's, there's none of them. Are we, let's be honest, you never go away from a game going, refs had a good game today. I, very, I, very rare. I enjoyed Danny's depiction. He's very, staying very quiet on this one. I, I genuinely don't get that fussed about referees. I know that I always sort of, Put them in reports as as clowns and whatnot, but that's that's the bit where I am openly biased and just for the humour's sake. So I think we all are. I, I haven't seen the Kiati cha- challenge again. I saw it live and I haven't seen it back on TV. And it, it, could right. be, it could be nothing. Because he's right, it did so, not change the game. No, no, one I, bit one bit of brilliance won that game. That but aside, I know that it's, it's, right. it's the fact that it came from the bloke who I, I, he's, a, he's a brilliant footballer, but I just can't admire somebody who's, who. Oh, I just can't admire him at all. One thing I will say about referees, and sometimes you hear some of the stuff of cheat and all this, I'm laughing at, you know, I mean, you know about Whopper of the Week, I think South Stan singing Wolf, Zah, you're effing S-H-I-T, just this were after they'd scored. So. Yeah, he's yeah, 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 I mean, that is not Whopper. The one thing that a couple of people tweeted me on Saturday, it's an interesting one, and maybe it's just an agenda against Mounier, but someone's saying that all I ever hear is the wingers, the service isn't good enough, good enough all the time for our strikers, but... Mounier again gets away scot-free by missing chances. Maybe it's someone winning a couple thing of people. Is, though, the, 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 the amount of chances he gets, yeah, he, he'd have be bloody yeah. prolific. To well, that was Saturday, that was a big chance record. that I thought. And, and I, I, thought, thought, yeah, I thought it was just a bit too high for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, yeah, just thought, just slightly. I saw it. But yeah, I, just slightly. But again, I think he's mistimed the jump as well. So he, maybe... But it's, an, it's an old other argument, but he's... Yeah. For me, I, I like him. Con- Controversially, the better again, went, than departure. He, he did what we've not wanted in the last few pods. He, he went with him again, didn't he? Yeah. He Potter mm-hmm. and Mooney, and again, it didn't work. Yeah, just it does. It does my boxing. Doesn't I mean, I know, I know he, Matt, you're going to get on to Pritchard at some point, but for me, that was the point where 
when he fetched departure on that would have been the entrance of Pritchard for me for I, a little I bit I say of it difference. every time. I don't think we've scored a goal when they've both been on the pitch we're, at the same look, time. We look less likely to score but a goal when they're both on the The pitch. first thing that happened was Lossell bombed it forward and they both went for the same ball. And it just it just happens. And both of them stand there static. Even when they're, play, even when they're not playing together, they're, they're always static. And it's something that I'm going to pick up on in a little bit um, is, is how static we are in the final third. But what we'll do... so. Now we've finished Whopper Watch, Neil. Uh, we, we had a, an interesting question from um, one of our listeners um, slash best friends at the minute because she says such nice things about us, Claire Hill. And she's come up with a really good one, actually. She's, so she's put, reflecting on the whole media circus surrounding Zaha, in your time watching town, what has been the worst foul committed against one of our players? And for the Whopper, what is the worst foul committed by one of our players? The, the, well, the, there's only one. There's been a lot against it, but there's only one for me. I, I can think of one, and I wasn't there to see it, so it this is probably going to be as bad as well. We mentioned it on a previous podcast. It was the one where Jeff Hopkins of Fulham broke David Burke's leg um, in front of the Old East Terrace, and Sam Allardyce just went straight up, punched Jeff Hopkins square in the face, didn't even wait for the card and walked off. And probably the worst one that we've committed cost, cost a certain player a million quid. And it was uh, Kevin Gray on Gordon Watson. Was that not the Crystal Palace fans video where he's, he's done the foul on Zaha with contact in big red letters? Does that not? So you're on about last? the yellow card challenge by Kevin Gray there. <laughs> yeah. I, I still remember if, 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 if Gordon Watson doesn't elbow Paul Reed and brutally oh, no. assault him according the, the, to the, Keith there's, al- there's always mitigating circumstances. In that game, Gordon Watson was a disgrace. At the tack- to, got, to be fair... It's a bad tackle. You in, know, you don't... In, with the benefit of time and everything, it is a, an absolute shocker from Kevin Gray. It's yeah. a real rancid tackle. Yeah. It is. You know, I, I look at it now and I win still. And when was this? 1997, 8, somewhere oh, around there? Yeah. It doesn't age well with time. It's no. an absolute awful challenge. And the, the only saving grace on deserved. that, and I'll probably get slagged off for saying this, is that it happened to a Bradford player, so I would have sort of, yeah. There, there was another one as well. I don't know if you remember Darren Pitcher from Charlton, but Paul Reed fouled Darren Pitcher from Charlton as well and ended his career. It was a little bit more innocuous than that, but he also got sued, but Darren Pitcher didn't win on this occasion. So the only other one that I could think of more modern times was the, um, but it was more accidental, was the tackle on Anthony Pilkington, which had his, his leg, yeah, that was his ankle that, dislocated, that, that but that was more of an accidental kind of thing. But I don't really think, I think we've been quite lucky. I don't think we've seen that I'd, many. I'd go for Alan Lee's deliberate elbow in that Walsall game oh, his yeah. first season because that was just, oh, was his, just petulance. His I, I, savage I, I, attack I've, I've tried on. tried to blank everything Alan Lee out of my mind. The, the one on Alex Bruce at Hull as well. That was, an, yeah, that was abysmal, was that. So, yeah. so to answer your question, Claire, Jeff Hopkins on David Burke. Anything by Alan Lee for us and Kevin Gray. So what we'll move on to a little bit now is is what we've alluded to, chaps, and that was me bemoaning some of our tactical failings in the in the attacking third. So what I've done over the last few games is because I've been trying to understand why we score so few goals, and it's everybody's getting frustrated by it. everybody's talking about systems. Is it the three four three? Is it the four two three one? And for me, the answer is something a little bit more. It's more player related than anything else. What what we've got is we've got even when we play four two three one three four three, it doesn't matter because we set up with the same three. We have two wingers who play in half spaces, and we have one striker. What 
I've noticed. So I'll, I'll read out some stats. I'm, I'm talking about home games in particular here. So uh, belts and braces, chaps. So we've had six games since. So we've had six games since February 2018 to May 18. Scored once. This is at home. That's the Watford goal in the last minute. Uh, three games this season with no goal. So that's nine home games with one goal. That's one goal in at least 810 minutes of football. So statistics, I've, I've been busy this afternoon, don't tell work. Last season, in terms of goals, we were joint bottom with 28 with Swansea. Shots, we had the third lowest in the league. Big chances missed, which is an interesting stat on the, um, you can see it on the Premier League website, it's good. Uh, we were bottom, having missed the least big chances. So in terms of profligacy, we're actually not too bad. It, the problem is... We don't create any, though, innit? It is, that's the problem. And this season, goals were bottom. Cardiff have scored more than us. We've not scored from open play since Chelsea away last season. Uh, shots were joint bottom with Newcastle. Big chances missed, bottom. And we're averaging around two shots on target per game. And a friend of mine... Um, uh, so he did some stats earlier because he's talking about... So Kossi, this goes, Kossi goes, goes back to what you were saying about how last, last season... I, I, I argued with him the same as you. I said to him, well, last season we got Newcastle early doors. We got Palace when they were in a bit of a mire. We had West Brom when they were bad. And I, I thought we actually had some quite good fixtures uh, early on last year. So I'm, I'm with you on that. And what he's found... So there has been a, a change, a bit of a step change between 2017 and 18. So we've had 21 games in 2017 uh, 22 so far in 2018 so and and this is just Premier League this is not counting the championship so we scored 18 goals in those 21 games averaging 0.86 per game with 32 against which is an average against of 1.52 which gave us 24 points and an average of 1.14 points per game and 1.44 points per game is enough to keep you in this league so since January 2018 we've had 22 games we scored 12 goals an average of half a goal per game with 37 against. And we're averaging more, 1.68 against per game. 15 points, and we're averaging now 0.68 points per game in this calendar year. If we continue on this current tra trajectory of form in 2018, it'll see us finish the season on 25 points with 21 goals and 64 conceded with a minus 42 goal difference. Will that keep us up? <laughs> Only if Derby County are in the league three times. I'm afraid. Yeah, we know. We know this. You know, kind of where we're heading if, if things don't change. But it's, you know, again, when I was chatting with with Sutty pre-season about town, what do you think? Blah blah blah. I said Alex Pritchard, he's the man. You've got to get him involved. If we're supposed to stay up, they've got to get the best out of Alex Pritchard. And so far, we have not. And it is a worry. I mean, it was interesting, David Wagner's interview. It was a bit surreal for me. It was kind of like, as soon as Oggy asked him, I thought, oh, is he going to kind of give anything away? Because he's hit and miss sometimes. But he went into big detail about why he wasn't playing. He said he was a really big team, Crystal Palace, and didn't think it'd suit his, uh, you know, kind of skills. But I couldn't disagree more, to be honest with you. And, yeah, it, it just worries me. And no surprise people are going to start to talk now is there something going on off the field etc etc because that that game for me we're crying out for him on Saturday lads I don't know what you thought so I'll, I'll just what the, the one thing that I've noticed um because it's going back to 2018 and, and one thing which is starting to grind on me is when I go back to that front three and the problem I've got is that when we get in the final third there's absolutely zero movement 
of any player. The only players providing any sort of movement are the two fullbacks coming up from deep. Every time we get in the final third, whatever striker it is, whether it's Mounier or whether it's Dupuatra, all they do is just drift off onto the far post. And when those crosses come in, and we're talking about Hadajinai and his crossing ratio is, you know, in terms of converted crosses, is really, really poor. But when I'm watching, I'm watching Mounier and he's not making any runs. You know, for a striker, you've got to make runs across the defender and he stood static in the box. And it's not a Mounier versus Dupuatra thing because when Dupuatra comes on, he does the exact same thing. Neither of them move in that final third and no one gets close to them. No one looks to play a one-two off them. And it's the ones that they do play the one-twos off are the, wing, are the wingers who've dropped so deep that it's not really that effective in the final third. And for me, what, what we've got to do is we, we've seen, I've, I've pulled out the stats from 2018, they're pretty grim, but we've got to try and get the wingers higher up the pitch for me. It's something that we've got to try and do. And we go back to the championship and when everybody's talking about Terrier spirit, et cetera, et cetera. And we had two wingers getting high up the pitch and really pushing defences. And that, that just seems to have stopped for me. And it's the complete lack of, it's the static nature of us in the final third, which is really, really hurting us. Well, we bought some wingers, Matt, haven't we? And, and obviously we've not seen them. We're here in it's early days, got to get used to the system, the players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when they are fit and 100% ready to go on Saturday again, we didn't see enough of them. 20 minutes kind of piece at the end. Is anything going to be different? That you know, is he going to unleash a new system? And are these guys, or is it just going to be like for like? You know, that that's going to be the interesting thing for me because again on Saturday, he came on and I asked again, you've still got to say the jury's out and on on the new guys and Benza, you know, again just chasing kind of lost causes. We haven't seen Sobby. I don't know if anyone's seen him. Is he? He's injured. You know, he's injured. It's so frustrating. You know that really. But <clears> at the moment, it's just. I think that's the worrying thing for me more of all is the signings. Yeah, you want instant impact with everything you get naturally, but it's questionable that the, the guys we've signed, you know, did we, did we really need all three? This is another thing I've seen floating around, and it's a point I've thought about a little bit, but not really weighed up, and that is, would we have been better getting one player? So we're talking about Mbenza apparently is going to cost $13.5 million if he signs on the dotted line, and there's a quite a big loan fee. Sobi was 5.7 and Diakabi was around 8 to 9, wasn't he? 7.2, I think. So there's, there's coming up to 25 million-ish. Well, there's 25 million of winger there, isn't there, between three who, if you're brutally honest so far, haven't really improved on last season. Would we have been better off getting one player? Again, you combine the wages. Would we have been better off getting one player? But then again, you run the risk if that one player gets injured, what else do we have left? Sorry to put in again, as it's going to mean talking on time, but until these guys are playing, and they've got a one-on-one situation where I'm thinking, right, mate, go for it, rip this full-back apart. To be fair, the one, the one not, bit that the Akabi got one run at full-back on yeah. Saturday and he, and he coasted he past gone him. past him, yeah. Coasted. But the, like, I, I agree with Cos, we've, we've got to... There's no way you can judge them yet. They've not played anywhere near enough football to be judged. So I but think why are the, they not playing football? That's, well, they're clearly not ready, are they? They're clearly just getting used to... It's a well-known fact that Wagner likes to have them in the classroom as much as on training pitch, learning everything about us. The young lads are settling into a new culture, a new environment, and I, think, I don't think fans appreciate that sometimes. Obviously, that doesn't help us on the pitch. We need them playing. But they are big moves, and it might not be until next season they actually see benefits of these lads, but obviously it might be a bit too late. Well, that, that's, that's another point. But you make a good point there because Zanka started a bit. He was a little bit ropey. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cozzy, what, what's your favorite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At first, wasn't he? But from November onwards, I think that Man United game where yeah, he, he made that huge block. From then onwards, he's, he's been amazing for us, I think. And there's only really Congolo who's really come in and fitted straight in, isn't there, where the other guys have... You can't compare Congolo to anybody else. <laughs> Congolo's just different class. So my my main issue at the minute is is just is just they're so static and it doesn't matter who plays. Um, well, that's where I'd like to see Pritchard. I think that first half against Chelsea, he was buzzing around the area. He was he was sort of setting players up and creating chances for himself. That's that's why I want to see him there. So when we brought on uh, De Poitre, I think it was the argument that yeah we've only got one person to aim at in the box, but. Mounier should be enough to aim at in the box. If you're going to put somebody else in there, I don't really want another target man. I'd rather have like a Pritchard who's there for a knockdown, who's there for a loose ball, who is sort of buzzing around in that area. I just think against Chelsea that first half, I thought he had a really good game and we've not seen it since. Agreed. So I'm moving on now to Pritchard himself. So he he's the one player that everybody seems to be pinning the hopes on at the minute. And my question to you guys is, is this town fans looking for... And you know a white knight who's not playing like we did with Joey Good Johnson back in 2012. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember the fawning over Joey Good Johnson when Simon Grayson came in and wasn't playing. He came in useless. Joe Lolly around about 2014-15, people were fawning for Joe Lolly. Came in, had injury problems, so it didn't quite work out. Is Alex Pritchard the 2018 version of these, or should he be playing? And it's a question I opened up to Twitter. So. So I asked Twitter whether Alex Pritchard should be starting and why or why not. So 77% say that they will be starting Alex Pritchard, which is a bit of a landslide. I think people, when you're not winning games, people are always going to look at players who are not playing and say they could make the difference yeah. in that as well. It's a natural football chat. But I genuinely believe this guy gives us something totally different that we have not got. And you make a good point of that. Midfield's so static. We just need someone you know, running at the box and... You know, maybe getting a penalty, going over a leg or, you know, just kind of getting in that, you know, danger, doing something different. As much as I love Moyen, he were brilliant on Saturday. He's never going to give you that. And Let, let's, let's remember as well that this, in this Huddersfield town, there's only, what now, three or four players that have cost us eight figures. He's one of them. Mm. I just and remember that Bournemouth game. We sort of went all, all, all in for him in January and know, it looked good. I know, just a ball good. everyone went at Bournemouth game again, but it burst, if that goal, mate, it burst into the box, yeah. it took the ball and like, bang, and it was just yeah. like, wow, I remember, I'm again, mate, again, you mentioned him earlier, Adrian Durham, and he was like, I remember him watching, this is guy, unbelievable, what a sign for us, she'll be starting the other, everyone knows, but obviously the main man at the moment is just keeping him out of the, of the running, but, yeah, it just, I mean, yeah. we, we, we don't know the ins and outs, and it's probably as well that we don't, it's not to do with us, we just know what we see on a Saturday afternoon, and for me, it, it, 
I did notice on we Saturday. We need to get him in now. He needs to be given 10 games uninterrupted to get some kind of form going. I noticed on Saturday he was stood up with his top unzipped and and I thought, yes, he's coming on. And, and then all of a sudden, he, I don't know whether he changed his mind or what have you, but he sat back down again, zipped back his top, and he's kind of sat down in a bit of a duff, almost like it looked like he he was going to come on. So he just, yeah, it's just, it's just all very odd. But he gave a great explanation. If anyone listened to the Radio Leeds interview after why he wasn't playing, but I just didn't agree with it. But he's the boss. Yeah, I think he said, he said that uh, Palace were too strong down the middle for us and that uh, we were going to use the wings, which is fair enough. But again, I think... That last 30 minutes, 20 minutes, try something different because it hadn't happened up until that point. So I just didn't see De Poitre making that much of a difference when he came on and, and he didn't. So it's, it's easy with hindsight. And yeah, like you said, everybody's going to clamber for a player like that. But I think going back to that Chelsea game, he did change the way that we were playing. And, and again, second half in that Chelsea game, we, we just weren't in it at all, whereas we had been in the first half. Okay, so I'll read out some of the comments uh, on Twitter and thank you very much for those who've got involved and and sent us messages. So Freddie Cocker is looking for a more nuanced answer. He's, he's posh, he's Freddie. Um, he, he wants something that derives from the starting berth on, and the formation and the type of team that we're playing to contrast how positive we want to be or more contained. So I think what Freddie's trying to get at is that it depends on the system. Uh, we've got... Sam as well, he says, if he's not up to it in training, then he trusts Wagner's judgment. I'm sure across the season we'll see more of him. Adjusting the formation for one player isn't something I can see us doing. Still plenty of time for him and the other players to make an impact this season. Uh, Chris Healy says, we aren't playing a formation for a recognised number 10. I'd go 4-4-1-1 if he's wanting to play more defensively. Personally, I prefer 3-4-2-1 wingbacks or a 4-1-3-2 with wingers with more, more advanced. Huddersfield Town's very own Jason Mohammed lookalike Graham Ellis has been in touch as well and he said, for me, it's about playing Pritchard. It's not so much about playing Pritchard as the attacking intent that we play with. Don't put enough crosses or don't create enough opportunities in the danger area and it doesn't matter who's playing. Minardi Forever says, depends on Wagner's tactics. If the position doesn't suit a game's formation, then fine and keep him as an impact sub. Otherwise, he's, he's, if he's fit, play him. Uh, Jason Wilson says, even when we were behind against Crystal Palace, there was no more urgency than when nil-nil. We only seem to play at one pace. Pritchard speeds up that part of our play. But on a negative, should we have bought Madison instead? And Madison was one player that I was raving about from September onwards last year. But by the time January rolled around, I think he'd unfortunately left our stratosphere, sadly. Yeah, I think he'd been linked at that point with bigger clubs than us. So <clears throat> that was never going to happen, I don't think. Yeah, and um, one for you, Danny, here. So, at Alan, Alan Lee 19 has been in touch. And he says, for me, he offers more creativity than Mbenza and Diakabi as an impact sub, but for him to start would mean a change in tactics or dropping Moy. Well, I certainly wouldn't drop Moy, but, yeah, it's whether he does have to play in that number 10 role, but, I mean, you could argue that the tactics just aren't working without that number 10 at the moment, so... He, he would start for me, and I would I would play him in that number ten role. But I'd be ha- I would have been happy on Saturday. I, the team I was okay with. The only change I would have had in was uh, would have been Derm at, at right back. But I think it was it was the substitution bringing De Poitre on. That's where I thought it, it should have been uh, Pritchard coming on. Yeah, I, I I'd like to see that as well. All that echoed times two. I agree with it. Okay, so I saw the way that the the Twitter poll was going. So I thought. I'm going to try and play a bit more devil's advocate and dig out a couple of bits and bats on this one. So 
you look at Alex Pritchard, you look at the way we played from 2016, 17, we played with pace, strength, pressing, you know, very quick one-touch football. And you look at Alex Pritchard and, but what he is, is a player who needs those around him to be quick and incisive. You know, when, when he's, he's a good passer of the ball, he's a bit of a jack in the box, you know, he's good at receiving the ball, spinning and finding somebody. But his skill set for me is probably really poorly matched to the other 10 players on the pitch. He's a good player, is Alex Pritchard. He's technically very good. His delivery is very good. He's a, he's a really good passer. He spots things. But when everyone around you is so static and offers no movement, he's left with nothing but to do to hold on to the ball. And what he's finding out is every time he gets it, he's just getting cleaned out and we lose the ball. And we go back to one that we did two weeks ago and or the podcast we did two weeks ago and we look back at how Casey Palmer and Izzy Brown were used when we had them in the championship, both physically strong, very skillful, could run with the ball, they could open doors by that. And they're both, you know, both could press from the front foot, very different types of players to Alex Pritchard. And I'll ask the question again, would we have been better off going with a more physical number 10 than a more neat number 10, just based on the skill set? Because just some stats for Alex Pritchard as well. So he's made 16 appearances. He's been subbed off in eight of them. So that's 50% of the games he's been taking off. I can't say he's ineffective. You know, we might be I, winning I, I, some I don't think we've seen anywhere near no, enough of him. I agree, Neil. You know, as others say, well, no, we're going to win you know, top eight games or what have you. And, and to me, he contributed to so much of our you know, points. We've not seen enough. Um, I, I can't agree. If, if he's played, started 20 games and I'm, I'm weird all the way and he has a minimal impact on that as well. But what I've seen and what he can offer is totally different to anyone else that we've got. You don't just break your chances. And let's be fair. We've, we've played six games this season and we've scored twice. I agree what Danny said against Chelsea. I thought he was really good. I was really disappointed he came off that half. I'd, I'd go as far as to say if we don't sign him in January, then we'd, we'd have gone down. Is, is, that's what I think. Because we go back to January and he's in February, played against Bournemouth, scored, played really well, created Mounier's goal the week after. Since then, he's gone 13 games without at creating Man City anything. were outstanding. They were absolutely outstanding at Man City. Yeah. But that's wrong with it, Mounier's goal. Yeah, so since then, he's, he's not created anything. And I'm not saying he's a bad player at all. He's a good player. At Man City, we're a threat against the champion team, mate. I, I remember thinking, wow, this player, you know, next season we need to see so much more of him. I remember the one shot he had, but apart from that, yeah, I don't he, really he had them back healing, mate, and that's something we don't have enough of. He's direct, he's, he's low sense of gravity, he can be as a half. I think what we do need see to see is we've got, like I say, a player that's cost us 10 million plus. And I think we haven't seen anywhere near enough of him to give a proper, proper assessment. And stats, stats can read two ways for me. And it's what you take out of him. It's, I think the thing that worried me Neil, was he needs to play. Why, in, in, why did we not see him at Stoke? We won't mention that the other week, but he just seemed daft to me. He was on the yeah. bench. I could not get that one. No, that was almost like to me Wagner saying, "I don't naughty boy." Yeah, yeah. naughty boy. Yeah. So, so you can't blame people for thinking no. there's something that we're not maybe seeing. No. I was left in summer thinking, "Can't wait to see him play next season." But yeah, at the moment, we might have to watch another club because he's not getting another sales team. Do you think it goes back to Danny? You were saying the three-four-three, putting Dupuis on. Do you think it goes back to utilizing him in a different way, whereby maybe we can make room for him in this in this position, and maybe playing where Kachunga is at the minute, which allows him to be higher up the pitch, but not a position which relies on him constantly to you know to track back and do the hard yards a winger does. Maybe if he's got somebody like Eric Dern behind him. Maybe I'd, I'd, it's difficult. I'd, I'd love to know, and I'm not I'm not inventing any kind of rift. But I'd love to know 
Dean Oil's thoughts on spending ten million plus and somebody who can't get a kick. I mean, that, that were out of this season's budget as well, wasn't it? So yeah. But I think uh, what I said at the start of the season with with Pritchard is that any success we're going to have, which is staying up, is going to rely on Pritchard having having an influence on town but he does need he needs movement around him but I think the way he plays invites movement around him because he'll take the ball into spaces where wingers should then be advancing but it's diff- it's difficult when those two wingers aren't playing yet to it, know what they're capable of it just goes back to what, what I'm saying about everything being so static and the fact we're so static it just completely takes him out of the game and it's not his fault it's just what he's got around him which makes him look so ineffective for me I think we can we can go on all day can't we but at the end of the day it's just down to one man, and he picks team. Cosa, you were rather taken by Dean Hoyle's interview on Radio Leeds. Yeah, only because one of my friends uh, interviewed him, and we had a beer afterwards and that as well, and he was he could not believe it. It's the first time Johnny's interviewed Dean Hoyle, and uh, he couldn't believe how enthusiastic and passionate and everything, and that. I think Dean were giving him tips on who he should be employing at Radio Leeds and what have you, and that as well, but... Again, you touched on it, Neil, but I, I listened to that for an hour and I came away absolutely buzzing. I just wish there were a game ready to start. Yeah. The guy, I do, he's yeah, just he like the conductor effect. of the orchestra. They were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. <coughs> you know, there were one or two, as usual, why do people always ask, is there going to be any money in January? I just never get that question. No. Like, yeah, there's 50 million. What a stupid yeah. thing. I'm, I'm worrying for so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, worrying for so-and-so yeah. on that as well. But I mean, I asked him a question about the, uh, the training ground and kind of how far ours is behind, you know, some of the others and... And, and have they looked at the others when they've, you know, kind of made the plans? And he said, yes, as you won't believe how far we are kind of behind. The, that the thing well. that struck me, and probably shouldn't have been the thing that struck me, was that people were moaning about this investment in the canal side because where were they going to have the pre-match pint? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, the, the man's spending £20 yeah. million pound yeah. on a state-of-the-art Premier League facility yeah. And somebody's worried about where they're going to have the pint of Timmy Taylor's once a fortnight. I tell you what, what interesting though, because I think you, I don't know whether we touched it on our off air last week, Matt, but you were saying Leeds Road, uh, is it the zone or, or what have you, that, that's where it was going to be. They're moving, I think they're moving a lot of the things there, so I imagine yeah. they're moving the gym and some of the Crown Green stuff, but I don't think they'll move the fans no, over. No, they don't, and Dean yeah. didn't rule that out. He said he wanted something, you know, nearer, he were hinting, because the Huddersfield's, Kind of Going to the zone's too far away yeah. for that fan zone anyway. It's kind of the people... I know a lot of people who walk come at Canasso just because it's the other side of the stadium. I think he was in, in that pretty much he wants to be the other side. I, God, I hope... I, I don't, for personal reasons, because I love it, getting my cheap beer, but I mean, the gas club seems to be kind of... That That could be kind yeah, of the gas ideal club's place. an ideal venue, as is, is. to be fair, there's another one, there's that Ricky's that shut down. Yeah. That also used to be a decent mm. pre-match pint yeah. job. It was just interesting what he was said in that as well, and, and again, he, he was really on the front foot about the fan base... You know, still, you know, getting behind the team, and and I totally agree with him. When last season, you know, the energy from the the sidelines, I thought it counted for points. And I think this year, I think the fans have done quite well to stick, you know, with it because some of the football's not being all that. And on Saturday, there were a lot of applause at when we'd lost. And the, the, the problem you've got good. is the one goal in nine games yeah. at home. People turn mm. up to see a goal, don't you? But I think it's telling, Neil. I mean, I mentioned it before. I put my I'm away for the Spurs game, but. I put mine on that ex- Terry Exchange three weeks ago in a south stand in a plum seat. And that went, honestly, last year I was putting them on because I, I don't even know, I'll sometimes go to Spain now when I go watch a game. But that they were going in 10 minutes, not long now. I just, oh, it just feels like, again, whether it needs a spark or whether people write, give me one season, I've seen what I've seen and that's just it. And if you notice, Saturday, bottom of the FM lower, kind of empty seats oh, and that as well. It. it just makes me wonder, do 
God, I've ever seen. But do, do people want to deserve a, a Premier team or is it just purely results? And maybe we've just had one season and, and people have had enough. But it, it's an interesting debate. And I think, I think there's, always, there's, there's always going to be a, a level of that. You're always going to have your hardcore who will go like us, regardless, home and away, up and down country, spend fortunes, regardless of score, not going expecting anything other than decent day out, forget the yeah. football. But there's others who purely go for the entertainment side of it for a for a trip out for a bit of a happy clap of occasion and if they're not seeing what they want which is goals and excitement yeah those people just go and choose to spend the money elsewhere and avoid, avoid the swearing you were mentioning recruitment and again kind of what we were touching on earlier about the guys they've got to settle in fit into the system get used to david wagner's not a man who'll just sling guys in you know kind of hang them out to dry or what have you and that as well so Think that his signings, I think they were a bit naughty with Johnny kind of saying, you know, he's a bit disappointed we're not seeing more of him and stuff like that as well. But he would a nice, he would I think it was a tactical, you know, piece he did because obviously there were a bit of, yeah. you know, outrage, shall we say, of uh, again, low level stuff for me, but I can kind of get it that, you know, this is, I mean, I don't know if you saw some of the tweets coming at the club, it was, you know, what are you going to do about the fan zone and this, that, and the other. And we've seen a bit of outrage, haven't we, this week about the uh, the swearing and that as well. I'm going to come on to it now, but. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. And again, poor old Sean Javis, who I feel sometimes is the only method of communication with the club, and he's such a brilliant bloke. But yeah, yeah. I knew once he'd put that on his social media, it were going to go. But it's, yeah, it's an interesting subject. But I just think if we're winning four games out of five, I don't think he gets this reaction. But yeah, people just want probably, to go. Probably not swearing, are we, if it's winning four games out of five? We, we are, but we're delighted. <laughs> Different way. So the... Um, so the point was raised on social media uh, from someone who's relatively relatively new um, at the club. Uh, got young boys aged five to eight, and she noticed a bit of an increase in swearing and language. Um, I've got a lot of sympathy with Matt, and and it's not going to be a view that's probably shared by a lot. I, I I go on the south standard, and let's be fair, the kind of maybe the the clientele is a bit more youthful, shall we say, kind of fifteen to twenty odd at the bottom, but. I think it's a lot of unnecessary stuff. I mean, maybe again, I'm going to sound like a bit of a, but all I see is kind of lads just taunting like away fans. But but yeah, we get it now and again. But it's just constantly, you know, every other words an F or a B, a gesture. Half of the time, I'm thinking, God, you'll have to watch match of the day, lads, because you're not watching any of the game. It's just it's almost like rage has been saved for a Saturday at three o'clock, and I get. You know, yeah, it's the weekend, and we want to let off steam. But I just think the point was the guy. And I think the point Sean was trying to make is, yeah, you know, he didn't say totally cut out the language, but I think sometimes it's just, a lot of it's just, it's almost like just swear, 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 and I suppose it, you can go bigger and the standards, you know, in the world like they were, but I kind of got where this guy was coming from, but I really don't know how you, you would stop it. And maybe, you know, it's because we're not playing well, it was interesting what he said he didn't feel it last year and he's this year, so I just don't know whether it's just re related because we're not doing well as well. I think a lot of it as well is, depends where they sit. And I'm not condoning somebody effing and blinding and using the C word overly. But without wanting to sound like an old man, it, f football's been around a long time. Football is a working man's sport, or was. It's not about having a, a nice, happy, clappy atmosphere and a bucket of popcorn. It's about getting behind your team and getting passionate. And Do you think Sean should have put that out? <sighs> Honestly, no, I don't. I, th he's, I, th he's got I think he seemed to take it seriously, obviously, hasn't he? Yeah, but there's no reason why I, I'd have just replied privately. 
and I won't put it out yet. I think because he's right in, in Sean's approach, I think that he's done it with sort of the, the best intention, but you're always going to get some, some bounce back off that because you've got a lot of people who've been going a long time and it is, you know, people who've stood on Old East Terrace and Efton Jefton. It's almost I'm not like saying it, for the yeah. sake of it in front of a load of kids. That's, I don't agree with that. I think fans don't like being told out of support. You know, no, that's just and, it. But I don't think he was trying to mention that. It's almost like just, just think, because I must admit, I, I've seen, if I'm kind of, it's different than the South Stand now, but I remember when I was kind of sat in the kiln, if I was sat with kind of, you know, kind of women and kids and stuff, I would be a I'll be honest, I, I, I tailor it, because we, 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 we've got, my, my godson goes with us now, and he's only eight, and you tailor your language because you've got an eight-year-old with you. But at the same time, he knows that at times at a football match he's going to hear stuff that he, he knows he shouldn't repeat. And I think a lot of it is that a simple parenting. And if you talk to your kids, that's how I got told when I was a young un, you're going to hear some stuff here, just don't repeat it. And I have been funny. If he's got a kid that's eight-year-old, they're hearing worse in school playground because kids say stuff to get a reaction, to have a bit of a, a laugh with their mates and, and to be a bit controversial between each other. I, I just think it's all been blown out of all proportion. I think for me, there needs to be some form of context, you know, as, as to about what we're saying. Cause I, I've got a little one that I take as well, but when he, when he gets older, I understand that he's going to hear things that he probably shouldn't. And it's just, and it's part of going to a ground. And a lot of it for me is depends on, on where you sit as well. If you sit in the family stand and you've got someone who's stood up and he's effing this C bomb, etc. That, that's a completely, that's, that's completely out of order yeah. and that should be addressed. But if it's little things here and there, I think Graham Rayner nailed it. He's not quoted as directly on this one, but it's a tweet that I've seen directly. So it's on, it's on a public platform. He listens. So, but I thought it was a really good, really good one. He's put my lad and I have an agreement that what he hears in the ground stays in the ground. And he gave up trying to protect his innocence on the train to Wembley with a lot of Reading fans giving him abuse. Um, That's what we do. We know her. That's just exactly yeah, what we I, do. Yeah, I think we know that her. sums it up. Is that what what what? Nobody ain't going to start standing up on his seat and. Effing and jeffing to everybody. A lot of the time, a kid, you, they, I think they're almost immune to it in a football ground, but if they do hear something, you might get a little snigger off them because somebody said a bad word. But they know full well, if you're, if you're looking after your kids right and teaching them right, they know full well not to go home and start effing and jeffing around the house and taking it to school. It's just simple It's interesting how things me. are changing, lads. I mean, live, I don't watch many live games in, other than normally Spanish stuff, but the English, they turn a lot of these foul chants down now, don't they? Or, and can them with... You know, stuff that used to be the way for having gone at Sky, but it's almost like, yeah, they're wanting you to, you know, when I go to rugby, they'll, they'll get this. If, if there's some swearing, like in the crowds, or, or like chants, like usual referees are banker and all that stuff, they'll, they'll put rugby league is a family sport and please refrain. And they'll say this during a game, but it makes absolutely zero difference, you know. To be fair, that just incite more yeah, for me. Yeah, and I've stopped doing it now, yeah. I, I just think it, I understand why Sean's put it out. I, I, don't, I just don't think it probably needed to be put out, but a, a nice message back to the bloke and, you know, monitor it. But find out where he sits. Yeah, I've, I've, that's got to have a bearing on it. It's got to. It does. I understand that if you've come lately, then the chances of you being able to sit in the family stand are probably a bit slim now anyway. But it is technically the one stand where the, the less seats are. Um, Some maybe move across there if you can. Zaha's got an hat-trick for Barcelona tonight. Uh, I'd say yeah, they've won 4-0, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, he's world-class, that yeah, well done, mate. But one thing that makes you swear, Cozzy, oh, here we go. is the pre-match music. Yeah, and I know Neil. Look at Neil. Is, you take blood pressure tablets now. I know you're getting a bit mad out of the Yeah. One thing, town though. T- traditionally, I've never been. I know music's all about taste and what have you. But I remember, I'll never forget. I think it was that season eighty-seven, eighty-eight. 
where the, I remember they used to play the Bee Gees and you win again when we were warming up. And I, think, and I think we went, well, it's in the middle of November, we're out winning the game. It went, I think we won about three all season. So we've had previous with bad music, in my opinion. But yeah, Michael Effley was sold. The channel, oh God, you're going to, if you're going to make me sing it and put it on we're not, these, No, we're not going to make you sing it. You know which one I mean, don't you? But, no. Oh God, you do. Here, this go is on, remind out. us. Here we go, here we go. Da, 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 da. And then it continues, but this comes on, <laughs> and it comes on on a loop. But I, I just think, I mean, they've tried to acknowledge that Congo. <coughs> there's that, yeah. Although I don't think that works though, because nah. it, it's an old slow it's a bit song. Slow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me going and smile about. It's another one, but yeah, I just think you got to move on. And and I noticed like on Saturday, I got in at that time when they get it. We're on. It, the atmosphere were pretty flat. It was almost like, yeah, we need to cut it out and and move on. He's gone. He's, He's gone. moved on. I mean, I've I've put a tweet out a couple of times and. For me, since I have added the club, and please listen, David Threlfall Sykes. If you are listening this evening, if you listen to this podcast, please, please, please have a word. Play, play the song by all means, but play it at two o'clock, not at, not at ten to three. Play Pritchard and get rid of that song, and then we'll be happy. Cannot <laughs> <laughs> do da, 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 Alex Pritchard. Does that not work for you, Cassie? That that be next. Song, that, that's song the only thing never come back no. for anybody else. Because it you just won't have that same feeling, it will is. it? Yeah, it's been gone. No. I'll tell you what I did see the other day. It was funny, but I don't know why we were on. I was just having a breakfast and quarter to nine, they had the EFL greatest. I thought, 2016-17, Huddersfield versus Leeds. It was the best breakfast I have ever had. <laughs> Brilliant. All sandwiched in there and Monk Wagner. What a way to start the hour. Absolutely buzzing going to work on that as well, yeah. They must be desperate, though. It was a good game for us, but EFL greatest. Wow. Well, yeah, no, been that song. And, uh, yeah, Rambo, if you're listening to this podcast, please do something different are you going to volunteer any uh, alternatives what for songs yeah part of you wonders whether I mean this has been an argument hasn't it but I think football stadiums like this all the time now and you know music pumping out where in the old days it built itself didn't it and yeah. I don't know I think it's gone past that now it's almost like we have to have a song don't we I think the problem is you can't build atmosphere to watch a fort game in yeah. crowd because people are still having a pint until 5 to 3 yeah this is very true but I think just just lose, don't don't lose it all together. Play it at two o'clock. Play it at ten past two. You know, just but just play it once earlier on, and then when it's coming to a big build up for the game, when kids are on pitch with flags ready for players coming out, never again. It's probably brings us nicely on to Leicester. God, it sounds like I'm presenting now, Matt. But you'll hear the Kasabian and that air on, which makes me. Yeah. It always makes me smell that because I'll never forget when we got battered New Year's Day. I Fire. Think, yeah, we took about. 20 fans, everyone were hung over, Anthony Gerrard, yeah. disaster, and all I were hearing, I, I think he would have size over, well. over in Ireland. <laughs> I think I'm going, on fire. Going back yeah. to our, uh, our Whoppers and Weapons team with Murray Wallace at left back as well. Oh, wow. I forget that one completely slipped. <laughs> we didn't even mention him, I think, last week, did we? Or no. Did we? no. That but says like, more about the uh, lack of quality that we've had. I think we can do something at Leicester. Maybe again, I've been, I said 3 2 last week, maybe I should be sacked off but off this uh, podcast, but why not? <laughs> I think we can win every week, but that's that's the that's been a town fan in it. Just you, you want to go out there if you turn up to a game thinking you've got no chance before you go. What's the point? Well, we got we've played well. You know, performances are getting better. God, another thing. They, they, Wes Morgan's not going to be playing for them, and Adam McGuire should have also been sent off. Ridiculous again, yeah. wasn't it? But yeah, but again, what what system are we going to play? Are we going to? Because I think we've got to be thinking. Let's be honest, Tottenham and Liverpool at home, I don't want to be negative, but 
points-wise struggle. A very, very difficult game in between those with Burnley away as well. Yeah, they were down there and with us. that's going to be a scrap this, with where they are. Claude Puel's not well liked there. They've had a bad defeat last Saturday. Yeah. You know, they're blaming the ref and what have you. What? I don't know. Have you had yeah. the latest one today? I've read. No. They're, they're blaming the journey to the ground. Oh, sorry, I did see that. Because yeah. they made them go down on a Friday on a coach. Mm. Imagine having to go yeah. from Leicester to Bournemouth the day before a game on a luxury coach. Feel good. You've got a feel for these lads, haven't you? I remember last year's game. Just remember Mares just being brilliant. He's got a stunning goal. He was outstanding again. A gun yeah. player that did us for the day. Just wondering this week, you know, just whether we can, you know, You've got to be optimistic, but why not, though? Why not? My optimistic view is that we might get a point, but that's just me. What about a goal, Danny? Nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going there. I, I think we can get something. Um, it, it just goes back to what we said last week as well about just we don't need to go there and, and think, oh, these guys won the league a couple of years ago. They've got James Madison. They've got Vardy. They've got Harry Maguire. Just we need to put the fear factor to one side and just just have have more of a go. It's not as simple as saying just have a go at them town, but we just need to offer a bit more going forward, especially in terms of movement. I think if we do that, we've got every chance of going there and getting something because they're not on the best of form. No, just looking week after, I think Inton would Inton won beat Tottenham two one two goals in the last four minutes. So there, Tottenham are on a downer, lads. So don't write that game off yet. Next week, never write any game off. No, never no write limits. Any game off. Yeah. No limits, but... but it's what we did, though, isn't yeah. it, at the start of the season? And that's probably started this spiral no, of negativity. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The good news is I haven't really had much of a drink during these games this season. I'm going to have a good drink before Saturday. So that, And last season, that were working well. So that, that's my tactics for Saturday. It's it actually your fault you haven't been drunk anywhere near enough this season. Yeah. It's your fault for It struggling. is, deal. So you watch Get now, on the beer, First win, mate. Yeah. Quite like how the amount of goals we score is... Akin to how many pints Cossie has post match. I like it. So, so I'm looking forward to seeing. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing absolutely mortal. Fenwell, that them were the days, but yeah, it's going to be tough. But I just, I just think I, I never. No, I, I just think we've got to start. Well, we've got to start winning. But if we weren't playing Tottenham point, and Liverpool next two home games, then maybe I would be. But I, I just think we've going to have to. We've got to get it. Just if, yeah, you're, you're looking at possibly ten games at start of yeah. season without a win, aren't you? Yeah, and Matt loves his stats. I'm sure we love how many teams have stayed. I don't love stats like that. What were Palace last year? They won after eight eight games, yeah. So we're getting into that territory soon. So, yeah, yeah, things need to change. Yeah, I think we've got to. We've got to get a win, I think, either at Leicester or Burnley. We've got to turn up and get something at one of those. We don't don't have to, but it would be be very much in our benefit if we did. I think we can play on that. Again, just like Everton, they'll think, you should win three points. There, Huddersfield at home, let's be fair, it's not going to be a game that will sell out their ground. They won't be, they'll be walking to the ground like, we're there just because we have to go. Expectation. So we can cash in on that. For me, it's all about kind of staying strong. Getting from there, their crowd could... uh, Positive. We've got, again, this is where we need to get these wingers on the the ball and and let's have a little, let's do something different. I'm not as positive as you guys, I'm afraid. So, Kossi, do you want to give us a prediction for Leicester? Yeah, that... Station you put me on on Friday, I was saying 3 2 Uddersfield, so yeah, obviously it's worked well. 2 1 Uddersfield Saturday, I think I was there when Mark Lillis, uh, that infamous Tuesday night FA Cup, that that was the only time I ever, ever remember doing anything at Leicester. Uh, and yeah, I want to be in that little corner celebrating. They've got the clappers as well, so hopefully, you know, we can have a clap off. Yeah, we can have a clap off, but yeah, why not? Just oh, can I imagine if we won, we'd be just Saturday night, be unbelievable. 
unbelievable. I'd love to have on fire for you, mate. Yeah, and, and coming back, we've got an unknown, a new destination. But yeah, no, I just, I just don't want to be seeing people in that fire area thirty-five minutes because we're two 0 down. That's all I ask. Everton, more of that. But they're not as good as Everton. They I'm gonna, I'm gonna put mockers on here, so it will be three 0 to them. But I, I just don't. I haven't seen a team in these last two or three games even threaten us to look like they're going to give us a toweling. We don't look like letting many in. It's just the other end that we need to address. So I, I, I can't see somebody doing us 3-4 like a Leicester, to be fair. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll either be one all or on the wrong end of a 2-1. But I, th- I thought fancy is to maybe get a point. And if we if we start moving, I'm, g- I'm going to become boring, but if we start moving a bit more up front, I think we could potentially nick it because I don't think they've looked that great in the last few weeks. So winnable. Q, Q of 4-0, yeah. It's winnable. Come on, Danny, end is on positive. 2-0 Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to our uh, ramblings. And uh, yeah, when all those predictions are wrong, you know where to tweet. At Takes That Chance. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pate's got a chance and scores! Jack Pate scores! Heffernan's in there! Schmidt scores for Field Town! 3-2 Town! Forrest Jerry, Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! The is in, round to Heia! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.